0: to the animation addicts podcast with the rotoscopers episode 184 shrek the third
1: tangent time
0: into today's episode.
2: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome, everybody, from far, far away. I'm your host Morgan Stradling, and I'm Chelsea Robson, and we are here to talk about Shrek the Third. Do not call it Shrek Three because they don't that want you to name. call it that.
0: <laughs> they're they're trying to lead into something. Can you see? It's all about nobility, titles, secession. So
2: obviously, we're going to go with the third to go along with that. Yep. Yes. (laughs) So for those of you who listened to last episode, we reviewed Shrek 2, not Shrek the second, and had glowing reviews, enjoyed ourselves so much. It was a film that we'd almost forgotten about over the years. And so we were just on this Shrek high that we wanted to go and see what the next installment was, even though we were both very aware that this one had kind of slipped our memory for reasons which we kind of assumed it wasn't as good as the second right and so (laughs) we dove into Shrek the third and we are here today to give our thoughts our reviews to have a good time discussing the third installment of the Shrek series so I'm excited to do that today I am too kind of (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to uh reveal my hand too early but that's
0: a doozy It was easy. (laughs) But let's start off with a nerdy couch discussion. I know people are waiting with bated breath.
2: We have to wait a little longer because we are jumping into this nerdy couch discussion. So for today's nerdy couch discussion actually came from one of our listeners, Luke. He sent in a voicemail, which we'll play in a second. And I thought it was a really, really great idea. So take it away, Luke.
3: (laughs) Hey, Morgan, Mason, and Chelsea. This is Luke, and I'm not leaving a movie review, per se, but I had maybe a little idea that you guys could do for a Nerdy Couch discussion, because I love Nerdy Couch discussions. We could all use more Nerdy Couch discussions. Anyways, I just finished watching the making of Frozen 2 documentary series on Disney+, and personally, I loved it. Wanting to go into the animation industry, um, I love you know, getting this look into the process and how it's made and the people and the studios. So, I know they had other making of documentary series, namely for The Mandalorian, and they've done um, longer, normal documentaries for even just past movies that they've made. So, my question for you guys is do you guys like them? Do you guys like the insight that you get into the process? Or do you think it maybe ruins the magic a little bit? And do you guys think that there should be more uh, that are released to Disney Plus? Anyways, thank you guys for everything that you do. You're awesome.
0: Ooh, thank you, Luke. That's a great question. Was I love like an absolutely this. wonderful question. So I thought, you know
2: what? Absolutely, we will answer this because I am a behind-the-scenes junkie. To be honest, the majority of the time that I am buying Blu-rays or DVDs back in the day was simply because of the bonus features. Because I could not get enough of this making of behind-the-scenes action which was the only way to find it was on through the bonus features. And even oh, yeah. back in the day, do you remember when they had the, at the very end of some movies, they would have a little bonus feature making of on VHS. Oh, yeah.
0: Sleeping beauty. Is yes. The main one that's <laughs> in my mind, the making of the magic. And I was, I had watched that so many times. Actually, this is one of the reasons why. We have a podcast (laughs) because how obsessed both Morgan and I are on making ofs and director's commentaries and random fun facts to impress your friends. That's why we're here. Exactly. You know, and talking about Into the Unknown,
2: the making of on Disney Plus, I actually have not seen it yet. I haven't had the opportunity. I was catching up on some other things and then had to watch Shrek the Third. (laughs) So... I most likely will be watching it this weekend and everything that I've heard about it is just raving reviews. And what makes this one different, this is someone who just has not seen it, obviously, but just going off from what I've heard, it's, right. a, six, it's a six part series. So it is very extensive. It is very long and it goes really, really in depth. And what I think from, from just that overall, you know, you're getting a few hours of making of content versus what we got on bonus features of DVDs is that we're actually getting a true behind-the-scenes story where I feel like a lot of times for the making of DVDs and Blu-rays, this was the way that it would go. You would get maybe a 30 to 60-minute true behind-the-scenes making-of featurette Mm -hmm. and then little snippets of bonus ones that were anywhere from 5 to 10 minutes long and they kept them short. And I don't know why they did that. I think maybe they thought... If maybe it was file size thing where they needed to keep the file sizes small for the disks, or they just didn't think the attention span of the whole media viewer was there. Um, So I felt like a lot of the bonus features and making of they were they were really bite size snippets.
0: Uh, They could have also had them at that length because they wanted to like put them in between different shows on like Disney Channel or something like sometimes they just needed filler. Have you ever seen that? Uh, well, I guess I saw some like they would cut. I did see some as commercials that they would do like a five minute you know thing. You know they use that uh-huh. as kind of like their commercial time, and it was you know they would they would play that and then it would just go into stuff. But they would cut them down even those smaller ones into smaller things. So it'd be like. Hey guys, I'm back at the studio. Look at me, and I, 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 the one specific one that comes into my head. You like my voice, by the way? Yes, that's your Disney <laughs> so, Channel Starlet voice. <laughs> yes, there's there's one specific that comes to my mind where it's this girl who's at the skate park right before Tarzan's coming out, and you know one of the major influences of Disney's Tarzan. You know, and it's just like, oh wow.
2: Yeah, I feel like those were <laughs> those were created. I've I've seen things like that where they they specifically created those as promotion for the film for the Disney channel and used that as a way to get people to watch the film. And then you would then see those on the Blu-ray yeah. as like, Hey, we already filmed and recorded a lot of this stuff. So let's just throw it on there. <laughs>
0: just throw it on there.
2: <laughs> you know All those
0: assets are now on this one DVD. Uh, no, it's the truth because a lot yeah. of times you'll get
2: the music videos You'll get all the foreign versions of the music videos. (laughs) You'll get the commercials and the little, what are they called? They're they're little snippets where they're like six seconds, like bumper footage. When I think of this, I think of like for Frozen, you know, those pictures where it's on a on a totally white background and she's kind of like doing something really crazy to the camera or there's Elsa and she's walking by making a snowflake as she walks by. Like those are <laughs> yes, things that, I, yes, that yes, they, yes. you know, they, they would use those in a variety of promotional ways and throw them on things or like cut them out and use them on something else. But uh, subliminal messages. They would use that and then just chunk them all together. And like, here's your bonus feature, which is fine. Like, it's kind of like a time capsule of everything that was used to create the film or to promote the film. And we're just going to tack it all on here. But going back to the actual bonus features and like the making of, to me, that was really the meat and potatoes of those bonus features and the featurettes. That's what I came for whenever I'd have to do reviews for the website, I would very quickly breeze through all the promotional materials because that didn't really add anything to my knowledge of the film or my understanding of how this film became what it became. And so I was always really disappointed that they were really short. And then over time, you know, as they're releasing their third and fourth iteration of a Blu-ray, you know, they're, we're on the 65th anniversary edition of Lady in the Tramp or whatever yeah. it was at that right. point when we've just done a 60th and then a 55th. It's like, okay, all <laughs> the all, the, all the nine old men are no longer with us. Like, <laughs> let's interview the janitor because he, he knew Walter. He knew one of the nine right. old men. Let's get his story on the making of because that's all we can really do at this point, you know? So they, they really right. started grasping at straws in these later years. And obviously that's for a film that's so old. It's been... You know, they didn't have a lot of this pre-production or production, you know, behind the scenes footage. And so they're just trying to come up with and create new stuff for the releases that they can. Uh, However, it was always incredibly disappointing. They would just tack on all of the, the other features from previous editions. And there'd usually be like three or four new ones that really had nothing to do with it. Like Cinderella, they had Christian Louboutin, who's a very famous shoe designer. They created a whole... (laughs) <laughs> campaign with him and just like this little story about this shoemaker in France who and, and they just created a dumb little story about that and it was oh around gosh. him and I'm like well that's cool but that literally has nothing to do with Cinderella and the making of the <laughs> movie
0: that's what I care about so here's what I, I mean, my, the snide part of me just says that you know, somebody in, you know, somebody in management was like, I want some of his shoes. How, <laughs> there you go. how do I get, how do I get free merchandise? Oh, let's interview him. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes, indeed. So it's interesting because now that we've moved into this digital era, I, to be honest, was actually fearful that we would lose This bonus content, especially as even for newer releases, Disney was really getting lazy. Oh, yeah. For example, for Frozen, I believe it was Frozen, not Frozen. There was a recent one, I can't remember, and they they just didn't have a making of on it at all. And people were just completely shocked and flabbergasted. And now I think we know why. It's because... Oh, I think it was Frozen 2! Duh! <laughs> Frozen 2 did not have a making of, and people could not believe it, and everyone was losing their minds. So yeah. now, having stepped back, we all can see the grand picture here, because they are... Really, yes, there there will be new Blu-rays that come out and there will be a segment of the population who always will buy those. But that no longer is their motive and their main motivation. Their main motivation is the subscriber model where you're just continually adding on your base month over month and hoping to get them to stick around by providing new content and exciting stuff. And this is how they are doing it. You know, they create a film And then a few months later, they released The Making Of, which would be, you know, the bonus features in our world, right? And so that's how people are sticking around. And Luke mentions The Mandalorian. They've done that with The Mandalorian. People are obsessed with Star Wars and movies in general and anything Disney. And so if you liked that show, of course, you would want to keep your membership and watch The Making Of because they're doing such a great job with Disney plus in making sure that the stuff on there is so high quality, mm-hmm. whether it's a, an original production. I mean, there's some films obviously due to the circumstances, but even not the circumstances like lady and the tramp live action that have theatrical budgets that they put simply on the the platform, which is a huge investment. Yeah. You know, because it's hard for us to see Where's the return on investment with that? Because there's we see ticket sales, but with yeah. Disney Plus, it's hard because everything is all blended in. They have uh-huh. thousands of movies, and so what really is drawing, drawing that side note, uh, Hamilton at the time of recording this is released tomorrow on oh. Disney Plus, and everyone has been freaking about freaking out about seeing Hamilton. Many people have still not been able to see Hamilton, and they actually were able to record the original Broadway cast. And it's like you are front row seat seeing Hamilton. And a few weeks ago, they stopped their one week free trial of Disney Plus. Of course. Because they didn't want people to sign up, watch Hamilton and then bounce. And I have seen multiple times on social media, like Facebook and Twitter, tons of people saying, hey, I signed up just for Hamilton. And so I can (laughs) imagine when you have these big draws that people will stick around and so so far from what we've seen and the investment that they are putting and just all the shows that they are putting on there disney plus is working out for disney
0: yeah i'm sure of it i mean you're looking at specifically now that they own so much of the content outright i'm sure that they have in their in their uh contracts for a lot of the movies that after so many years they no longer have to pay certain royalties now not all royalties but i'm sure certain ones are kind of fall off right um and the whole so, royalty world is so interesting to me i would it love is,
2: it is i would love someone to do a deep deep dive on like how royalties work like for example it just blows my mind that like the stars of seinfeld still get paid in syndication yeah. like what no, yeah I don't understand how a good it ra- works, lawyer <laughs> but I want to know more. Right, of <laughs> Maybe course. Chelsea, one nerdy couch discussion, you can just research up. You already know a ton, but uh, yeah. really dive into the world of royalties and teach us all about it.
0: <laughs> okay. I will. I will. Kay. We'll do a very in-depth thing because I, having, you know, looking into doing a lot more of, of pitching my own music to different films, I've contacted and been in, been a part with uh, a lot of different of the uh people who are very successful with it and so I've learned quite a bit just from that uh but there are several aspects of it that I don't understand so I would like to talk to other people and just like I don't know some type some director or something and just say so what do you get out of this mm-hmm. I I just really want to know that kind of stuff so I mean Granted, everybody is going to have a different deal. Everybody has. And as my grandma always said, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. And so I'm sure that not everybody had the best negotiations and are therefore not making as much money on any of these repeat viewings via streaming. And also mm-hmm. when they were created 60 years ago, they didn't have streaming wasn't even in the you know universe. Right. <laughs> it was like, huh? And so there was no clauses for that ever. And so you had to, um, so I'm sure, especially, for example, with music, uh, that was one of the main issues when things moved over to streaming. People didn't have that situated yet. And so all, you have all these writers who are getting really upset because they were making lots of money when people were selling individual albums but now that they are only selling singles and even then you're only getting like a fourth of a like percentages of a cent instead of 7 cents or a, a, it, yeah it, it's basically 7 cents per song per album so multiply that out on a platinum record and people will be making lots of money um so yeah there's just there's a lot of things that changed when streaming Uh, when the world of streaming came along. And so you have a lot of people that aren't getting paid and you have a lot of people who are, so there you go. (laughs) So going back to the
2: bonus features discussion, I think this absolutely is something that they are going to continue and we should just a hundred percent expect to no longer see these types of featurettes on any future releases of DVDs. For example, if and when Mulan ever hits theaters and then hits Blu-ray, yeah. Yeah. we won't be seeing a making of Mulan right. on the Blu-ray. If we will, it will be a very tailored version that's only you know twenty minutes long, just to say right. that there's something on there. But the real making of Disney will Plus will be on Disney Plus, and <laughs> right. I wouldn't be surprised if even in the Blu-ray it hints it like has a commercial for Disney Plus saying like, <laughs> "If you want to see the whole thing, you know that would." personally oh, take yeah. me off but that <laughs> I would be surprised like <laughs> but I absolutely love bonus features and like Luke said he has a passion for animation and wants to be in the animation industry and like Chelsea said this was just our bread and butter growing up this was what we lived off of back in the day you couldn't just go on YouTube and someone had uploaded, you know, the the rip from the Blu-ray or the DVD. So now you can find behind the scenes of nearly anything, right. and even the studios, as part of their promotional efforts, sometimes they'll uh, there's these promotional websites that you can go to, and you can just download all this like B-roll footage, essentially, right. and behind the scenes stuff um, to use for part of your promotional efforts for the film as well. And so there's just so much available, and I just love that they're really packing it into this high quality format that is bigger than anything we've really seen before as far as a making of. Now, the one thing that I wish and dream that they would really bring back, and I don't know why this is so hard to do, but the director's commentary, I live for director's oh, yes. commentary. I know. And they really have died over the years, especially with Disney. I don't like, is it really that hard to get everyone back in a room? It's not even everyone. It's just, the directors essentially and maybe a producer or two yeah. you don't even need them all but it's I and a lot of times they stay at the <laughs> studio so you know they're around so sorry rant on that but I really wish <laughs> they would bring that back and that would be something that you could add as like an audio track you just you know ch- you, like you can change your language you can just watch the yeah. director's commentary like you could on the dvd or the blu-ray
0: right yeah, I wish they would do that on Disney Plus, too. I I wish you would be able to ch- change a lots of stuff on there. But hey, with time, we're hoping. So, yes, we are fans. We will be
2: watching that and coming back with our report next time. Next time, Ooh. not meaning necessarily next time, but in the future. <laughs> Sometime in the future. <laughs> at some point in time. When we, <laughs> I want to put it on an appropriate episode, right? So right. it wouldn't make sense if we were doing like Shrek 4, heaven <laughs> oh, please forbid. No. Please, <laughs> no. As <laughs> before, hey, we're going to do a nerdy couch discussion on Into the Unknown, the Making of Frozen 2. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, please, no. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay.
1: This Friday, Shrek, Donkey, and get together again. It's a
3: whole new mission. It's top secret. Hush it, hush. Get ready. At least you got us to help you out. Ah! I'm doomed. Get set. Get Shrek. Great.
1: Let's get started. Shrek. Ah! You know you really need to get yourself a pair of
3: jammies. It's a blast. Oh! It's a gas. Oh. It's DreamWorks Shrek the Third. That's it, bro! Yeah, it's spicy. Rated PG. This Friday.
0: Oh. Oh, let's get Shreked. oh no <laughs> let's yes okay so we
2: are here we are talking about shrek the third but before we do let's talk about some general information about the film of course we get this from box office mojo imdb and wikipedia where all great internet information about movies is found so studio we are back again this time with dreamworks animation and pacific data images Directors. It's not the ones from the other film. It is Chris Miller. And no, not that Chris Miller. That is Christopher Miller.
0: (laughs) When I saw that, I was like, wait, what?
2: (laughs) I did the exact same thing. I was like, wow, this is how he had his start, huh? And then I clicked and I'm like, wait, where's the Lego movie? I don't see any of those. Wasn't he, isn't he the big Lego movie guy? And uh, no, no, there is, there are two Chris Millers in the animation industry who are both directors and have had... pretty decent success obviously christopher miller which you might know from the lego movie lego batman movie the into the spider-verse um he and phil lord are kind of this duo and they have obviously been very very successful in the 2010 era of animation and chris miller his career is a little different he was the director of shrek 2 He worked at DreamWorks ever since Ants. He did a few other things in the 90s, but he came on board as a story artist for Shrek. So that was his first introduction to the Shrek series. Then he was head of story for Shrek 2 and then promoted to director for Shrek the 3rd. He did not come back for the fourth Shrek film, but was, in fact, the director of Puss in Boots. And he has a new film, The Untitled Wish Project, and he is the director for that. So he is still in DreamWorks Good Graces, and it's really actually interesting. And I think we'll talk about the changes in director and writers. You know, I was looking at the writers for this and it was a different writing team. Unfortunately, Andrew Adamson, who I really feel was one of the integral key cogs in the success of Shrek, because again, like we talked about, he was just involved in everything from story to directing, to producing. Um, he was doing the Chronicles of Narnia series at this point in time, and I felt I can't Obviously, you can't attribute it to one person, but I'm going to. And I'm saying I <laughs> I, I missed his presence on uh, yeah. this because it, it was just like The Simpsons. You know, seasons one through ten are great. Once the original writing staff leaves, there's just a change. And you can feel yeah. it. The winds have changed. And I feel that with Shrek the third. And it's no disservice to Chris Miller. And, oh, they're actually, uh, they're, there's a second director. I don't know why I didn't, on IMDb, they're not properly listing him. Um, and the other director was Ramon Wee. I, and he has done a ton of stuff for DreamWorks as well. He was on the in the animation department for Shrek and Shrek Two, and he's directed a lot of different of the shorts, uh, Shrek Forever After. He was he went back to storyboard artist, and he was storyboard for Puss in Boots. He has directed a lot of the TV shorts and the shorts, um, both for Shrek and Kung Fu Panda and Puss in Boots. He's he's done. A lot of those and so i don't want to forget about him imdb or wikipedia you need to update because there are two directors on this film i'm not a wikipedia updater but if any of you are in the audience go fix that <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the one time i updated uh wikipedia someone corrected it and Aww. wouldn't let it wouldn't let it in and i was like forget this
0: <laughs> yeah, that I tried to do that one time and I was like, this is way too much effort. I don't care that much.
2: <laughs> okay, so we spent a lot of time talking about the directors. And I think we should mention from last episode, we talked oh. about the directors and Kelly Asbury, who Chelsea had so much great things to say having talked with him last year. He passed away last week and it was just a really, really sad sad news and so many people were actually really devastated by this and there were a lot of really wonderful tributes that were given really and were. one of our, one of our writers uh Carl he wrote a really wonderful tribute on our website which I will link in the show notes but definitely go check that out and you know we're sending prayers to him and his family during this really sad time he died of cancer and He had such a legacy on the animation industry and really impacted a lot of people and a lot of lives. And so it's a really sad day that he's no longer with us. But I'm glad that we were able to talk about him, although briefly, in our last episode. So, yeah, there we go. So back to the film. I still am not done with our basics about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It came out May 18th, 2007. Budget was $160 million, which, woof, they are, DreamWorks has been bumping that up. So it was just a little bit higher than that of Shrek 2. And box office was $813.4 million. And it's interesting because I look at that and I'm like, meh, that's good. That's definitely a great movie, but not great because I'm so used to our era right now in the 2020s where a billion dollars is a phenomenal you don't break the job. Billion, it's yeah It's like, like, meh. If you're the five hundred to billion dollar range, it's like okay, that's decent. You definitely made your budget back. Things are good, you know. But it's like, oh man, sucks to be you. you didn't break a billion. <laughs> and oh but this gosh. at the time, you have to think this was thirteen years ago. No wonder the, it the fourth film was already greenlit at this time. You know because this was just a cash cow for them at the time.
0: Uh huh. It held the highest record for the opening day. Until Toy Story 3 came out, Shrek 2 held the highest overall, also until Toy Story 3 as well. And
2: it also held the record for the largest opening day weekend until Finding Dory came out. And I believe that was for an animated film. Okay. Not just overall, but. Right, right. So it held that, like, you know, that was through Frozen, which we know Frozen was a slow burn. Right. (laughs) To to get to a billion. Um, but this one just out of the gate, everyone saw it because you'd seen the first, you'd seen the second, you loved both of them. So you were taking your kids. For sure right. we gotta see the third one. Gotta yeah, watch first the one, trilogy. Out of
0: the park. Second one, out of the park. Third one, ooh. <laughs> Which is I, I think the reason why I didn't see it is because I don't think people came out very positively. So what were your first impressions of this film? I didn't what well, yeah so when I I didn't see this film when it first came out. And so I and and I have actually this is the first time I've ever seen this movie, but I always had a bad taste in my mouth which I think was why it bled into the full Shrek series other than the first one just because I kind of associated this it just felt my first impressions is this feels like a Disney direct-to-video <laughs> except Ooh. with really good like voice cast members but the story and the cuts and like just lots of the things just didn't it just didn't work for me
2: yeah so my recollection of this i didn't see it when it initially came out and all i remember of this film was that there was this scene at the end that was a play i very distinctly remember seeing that so i don't know where i saw this maybe it was on a plane somewhere i don't know but i definitely didn't see it in theaters And I don't remember owning it ever. So I'm very blurry on where I saw this. But obviously, I have that memory of the play. So I saw it somewhere. And then, Mm -hmm. obviously, that Justin Timberlake was in it. (laughs) That's all I remember about this film. And I just remember not having liked this film. That it wasn't good. And it wasn't enjoyable. So I... Man, memory is an interesting thing. But like, clearly, I saw this movie. I, I yeah. sat down and I watched the whole movie, and it was so
0: bad that I pushed it out of my memory, <laughs> except the
2: fact that there was a play.
0: <laughs> oh so, man, there you go. Well, it does start out with a play. It starts out in the oh, the wonderful world of dinner theater. <laughs> Ooh,
2: yeah, Prince Charming has really sunk to new lows. Right?
0: <laughs> He's a thespian. Let him have it. No, what's funny is I always get. Uh, because my parents, they built a Western dinner theater, but not like this. So, like my the dinner theater that I grew up performing in was more closer to like say watching a an episode of the um, the Grand Old Opry versus going to Disneyland and watching you know the Golden Horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, so there's. You know, this is they're actually having a play and people are watching while eating and not really paying attention. Ours was right. more of a um, you eat, you're done eating. OK, now you watch. <laughs> and so, yes, I, yes. This whole thing um I, luckily, my, you know, my parents were never, they they also di- were not about to let this whole thing happen as far as like, no, nope, you are watching. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just funny when you're, when you're watching these things, like people definitely, I I mean, I've definitely been done gigs where I am just background music and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I, nope, not my thing. So, oh, the world of dinner theater <laughs> and background <laughs> you music You and playing. Prince
2: Charming can relate. You do not <laughs> want to... Uh, You need to be the star. You need to be the center of attention, which is why he comes up with this plan to become the king. Because the king has died. Well, let's skip it ahead.
0: (laughs) He is dying. (laughs) Well, and then he also has the, you know, the picture of his mom, which, you know, if you would have, like, focused a little bit more on how he feels now that his mom has died, like, that's, that's really. Right, right. heavy stuff man mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. like doesn't seem like he's going through any type of like remorse or not necessarily remorse he is but it's like oh mommy you know yeah there's not this grieving that
2: happens yeah, and likewise grieving. there's not really much that happens to him when he dies there's obviously the moment where they're sad on uh, the fake outs death right. that he that happens but the then he, he dies yeah the, the king actually dies and then we kind of move on very quickly the we don't see the, the queen in mourning. She's not wearing black. We don't see the <laughs> Fiona or Shrek or the she... mom. No one talks about it anymore. No, it's just like, yeah. oh, we're just moved on. We got to find the heir. Uh, Shrek does not want to have anything to do with this. So I wanted to look this up, but I didn't have enough time. I'm very interested now in the different orders of succession that happen <laughs> in royal lines. Because you think, typically... Oh, and have I, you not watched The Crown? I have watched the crowd. Okay. But I have the I have the Wikipedia up right here which I will also include in the show notes. It's the Wikipedia article on order of succession. Um but basically because the the typical thing that you think is it passes to the oldest male heir or primogeniture as as you know. But there also are a lot of different kinds and Literally, I just pulled this page up, so I haven't even been able to really dive into it. But we know that there are kinds where it doesn't matter. For example, absolute cognitive primogeniture, which it passes to the eldest child regardless of gender. So Uh this is the one where females can become the heirs to the throne. There's all sorts. It keeps going and going and going, and and it has all these diagrams, and I'm so excited to get nerdy and to study this (laughs) because I think it's so interesting. And clearly theirs is the one where... It doesn't necessarily have to pass to the male uh, relative, because if that were the case, it would immediately go to Arthur. It's right. in this kingdom. It goes to her. And, you know, it's weird to me that all this gets put on Shrek. It's like, yes. oh, you you married her. So suddenly you're the king. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's like the king regent. Yes. So he yes. wouldn't be the king because he's <laughs> not even royalty. Right. Why is that? Why is this a deal? Why can't Fiona be the queen and rule? And she could just, you know, uh, she could make it work, right? Yes, <laughs> I'm all about girls having power, you know. So she could come visit the kingdom, or they could just permanently live there. Maybe he could live in the swamp during the summers or whatnot. I don't know, but it's <laughs> it's it becomes the Shrek story very quickly, which I the film is called Shrek, but right. in reality, it should have been Fiona's story. This should have been no, yeah. her decision. She has no say in this at all it's just kind of oh you know it, it it immediately kind of skips over her to him and the struggle that he has with it and so goes on this mission to find the next heir because if you decline it then you it passes on to the next one but she didn't seem she doesn't to have a problem with hole. it she doesn't it's even very like, frustrating
0: no yes this was what <laughs> I think from the beginning, this was where I was like, wait, what? So at the very beginning, I was like, well, I feel like Fiona should be doing more royal duties. Like, isn't she the princess? And he's just kind of like the addition, you know, the plus one at the party. Like, what is this? And so when they're going through and, and, you know, he's... You know they're both. Oh, and also I've got to say this clothing gag that they have at the beginning is not their best idea. I was like, "Why? It's, stupid. it's so dumb." But the whole the, <laughs> the whole secession thing. I've I love The Crown. I've also watched Victoria on PBS. Oh, which I need is to watch also, it. Everyone said, so good. Like, "Is it as good as The Crown?" Um. Well, I didn't really like Okay, side note. <laughs> I was tangent, being- time, tangent, time. <laughs> tangent time, tangent time. Tangent time. Tangent
2: time. This is played to the tune of um what's the song from Mary Poppins? <laughs> Step in time. Step in
0: time. Tangent time. Tangent time. time, Tangent time. 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 (laughs) Never need a reason. Never need a rhyme. Here we go. (laughs) It's tangent time. Okay, Chelsea.
2: Chelsea, your job, (laughs) because you're the singer, is to create official tangent time theme music to step in time.
1: I will. I will. I will. Please make it happen. And it
2: better be in the final cut of the episode. Thank you very much. Will do. (laughs) Tangent
1: (laughs) time. Tangent time. (laughs)
2: okay oh yes
0: so it's tangent time um i really i didn't really like season three once they got a Mm -hmm. new uh queen i wasn't really a fan of the crown uh but in for victoria Mm. like i felt like all of them held me really well up until and they stopped at season four but like and in a really weird place so i'm just like i don't know if and when they're planning on pulling that out but which also annoys me because it's like when i go through a movie or like a really good um something that's really like binge worthy i really want to just keep going and so i don't like starting things if they don't have like a full like ending (laughs) so Mm -hmm. anyway that's me but it yeah um yeah end of tangent
1: Tangent time tangent time tangent time tangent time never need a reason never need a rhyme that was our tangent time
0: never need a reason never need a rhyme that was our tangent time what were we tangenting about <laughs> duties yes. Yeah. so in I feel like Fiona really got the short end of the stick and it didn't make sense like in what world is this that Shrek of all of all of them would all this beef thrown onto him. And then also the the queen and the frog. I was really confused at that one, too, because I was like, OK, was the frog the actual prince or was like and he married a princess or he married just somebody or was because does that mean that he was a frog prince, or was he a prince turned into a frog and then needed a kiss, but then got turned? I was so confused. <laughs> Why is he a frog in this? Still, apparently, she never kissed him. <sighs> right. Be- she did kiss him. She did. I edited this out of the last
2: podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. Because we. When were- did she kiss him? She kisses him. So he he wants to be a ki- part of his deal with the fairy godmother, was that he could be a human. Uh-huh. And so she curses him so that way, or she does some sort of spell so that it enables when she kisses him, he turns into a human. Okay. So she does kiss him.
0: Okay. Yeah. So so when she died, just that power went away. I don't know. It's,
2: <laughs> again, the fairy godmother's power does, does it, it, it no extend past death or, I don't know. Um, but going back to the mom, I mean, apparently in this secession, uh, if the king dies, she's, the queen... She's the
0: queen mom, but she's not.
2: Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't become, you know, it doesn't just pass on to her until she dies. So making it seem that maybe she wasn't the royal blood to start out with, it was him. And so since she didn't, it's sort of like with Shrek, right? Yeah. They They married in, they're not actually the rulers, they're not the actual royal blood, so... Uh, no, you're not going to be ruling the kingdom. So they, the, again, it's not even a discussion that the queen will rule it. Again, some some monarchies and secession plans, that's the way it goes. But it was all very muddy. It was so bad. Swamp, swamp <laughs> muddy. Uh, like, this is, and this is, we're what, 15
0: minutes into the, the film? This is how you start the like... film. This is what
2: we're discussing. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure no one else had an issue with this at all, maybe. Uh, but I, you got to start with something that's believable and... That just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the big problems. So I was thinking about this film. I'm like, okay, so Shrek 1 and Shrek 2. Shrek 1, he goes, he's living his life. He's an ogre. Uh-huh. He loves being an ogre. Yes. Everyone hates him. And he's just living life. He's farting in his swamp and he's just being gross, being nasty. And that is Shrek. Uh-huh. And guess what? They've taken his swamp and it's time for him to get it back. And so he is 100% self-interested. And that's all that Shrek is about is getting his swamp back. So he goes on this adventure to save the princess, but he doesn't care about the princess. He just wants his swamp back. And along the way, meets the princess and falls in love, and it ends up being a happy story, and he gets what he wasn't looking for. Uh This kind of goes along that path where Shrek, being 100% self-interested, goes on a journey to get back what he had, which essentially is not being a ruler, (laughs) not being king. So doing everything in his power to find something that can make that go away right and so it follows a very similar path um which i think is interesting that they separate him from fiona and they make the shrek's journey but it is just no one cares no one cares about shrek and, and <laughs> it's his, yeah it's you know it's, he's bummed out that he has to be king want wah. you know like i don't know that something was off with it that it just didn't didn't have a connection to Shrek at all. like, And and also with the film, with the first film and the second film, I feel like there were so many pop culture references. And I was actually looking at the IMDb, the, the Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually interesting because I thought that this film did not have hardly any pop culture references like the first and second one did. And I was looking on Rotten Tomatoes and it says as the critics' consensus, which I love looking at that because they very concisely state what all the critics basically say. Yeah. It says... Shrek the third has pop culture, pop shots galore, but at the expense of the heart, charm and wit that made the first two Shrek's classic. And I was actually really confused by that because I didn't feel that there was tons of these pop culture references like the other two. But I think what it's missing is that it, it doesn't have, like I said, it didn't have the heart. It's not charming. And one of the things that made Shrek great was how it took all of these fairy tales and just spun them on their head. And yes, there were bigger fairy tales that ha- play a big part. It was just the one-off gags that happened in the first film that were just so funny because all of these various fairy tale characters were there, and I felt like they maybe just ran out of gags, and so they weren't going back to the fairy tale well at all. Yeah, and I missed it. Like there are occasions, there are a few, obviously, like new things that were introduced to. the princesses, which are a high point, I think. But there wasn't just these, like, Little Bo Peep lost her sheep or, like, Little Miss Muffet on her, cr-, you know, eating curds and whey. Like, I feel like there were so many more little fairy tale gags and jabs that they could have done just to make you laugh. I just, this wasn't funny. It wasn't. You know, we go to, we go to a high school and I'm like, uh, how cliche uh, is going uh. to the high schools of <laughs> Worcester? Oh, ha ha, funny. And it
0: was, it was just so lame. It was so lame. And at it was at that point where i uh, okay there's a point where i was like okay what is going on with this whole like and also ah so many things (laughs) so many (laughs) okay here's one of the the, one of the first things so it's like the queen it didn't feel like she knew what was going on like you bring in julie andrews for what a 15 minute read through and you give her like 12 lines that is a lot of money to pay to julie andrews for nothing and like not to give her a part at all and then she doesn't know who the heir is. Only the king seems to know who the heir is. And she's just kind of like, right. whatever. And then you have this, F- Fiona just seems like she's lost all of her pet. Like she doesn't make any decisions in this whole thing. And she's like, really, Shrek? But okay, uh-uh, whatever. You know, she's uh-huh, like, uh-huh. there was just so, that was not Fiona in the first one. And I feel like with uh-huh, uh-huh. each consecutive film, she got less and less Fiona. And that annoyed me. And then you have the moment they stepped into the high school, I was just like, I've lost all interest. Yeah, This was the moment where I'm I'm kind of done and I'm just not really that interested anymore. And then it's like, they bring in John Krasinski to play Lance a lot for what, again, like, five lines? <laughs> like, what? Right. I don't, yeah, I don't get
2: it. It's funny, they... They really have a great time playing off this medieval high school versus a fairy versus a fairy tale high school, which Shrek was all about the fairy tale, but they really honed in on the fact that it was medieval, you know, and I oh, was, the jokes were so okay, lame. Well, the the <laughs> jokes were so lame, exactly, because it was like, how could we change this so it says thy instead of, you know, you? I'm sucking. It's it just you know? yes like- yes dumb jokes like that that is not what shrek is okay so yeah we go on this dumb adventure to go rescue arthur who <sighs> justin timberlake not good <laughs> not good he was not good he was having to play a little dweebish high school kid so he was doing his best Every- but the character was not appealing i didn't i did not like arthur at all or arty he as-
0: yeah no i think one of the main things that i disliked is everybody in this was trying to shirk their responsibilities mm-hmm. and everyone in here was just trying to push it onto somebody else and just felt very lazy and yeah in that case give it to charming yeah he wants the job <laughs> right like nobody wants seem, seems to want this and like why? He at least has a prince title. I <laughs> somehow, mean, yeah, right. <laughs> like, how did he come with that? Um, he's just prince of the of the factory, <laughs> of the fairies. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like mean, everybody in this film, like even Fiona, she doesn't. There's no real desire. She's a flat character. You have Shrek, who even seems flat in this like when you have this time where he deci- he realizes that he's gonna have kids and then he's just like uh that's great okay and then he goes into this okay mm-hmm. this whole dream sequence <laughs> I've got one more tangent time
2: <laughs> tangent time tangent time
1: tangent time tangent
0: Do you remember that YouTube video where the guy is trying to like mess with his roommate by like putting all those rubber ducks everywhere in the bathroom? And like, I do not. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> you have to look at it. Um, I don't even know what you would look for other than rubber ducks, bathroom, like roommate. I don't know. <laughs> those are probably the same ones, but he's basically just like, he has a, a several of these rubber ducks. And then the roommates like, Hey, can you get rid of your rubber ducks? And he's like, Sure. And then the next day there's more rubber ducks (laughs) (laughs) and he starts like, like (laughs) he starts like reenacting different movements and like shaping them into things. And like they're all, all of a sudden there becomes like there, he's just like gets rid of all of them and he just puts one giant rubber duck in their bathroom. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm laughing at this so much. You need to look it up. Look it up and then go back and watch this because it's amazing. Anyway.
1: Tangent time, tangent time, tangent time, tangent time. Never need a reason, never need a rhyme. That was our tangent time.
0: Never need a reason, never need a rhyme. That was our tangent time. So all of Shrek's reasonings... He doesn't really give reasonings as to why he's just kind of like, I don't want to be a dad. Uh, That seems like too much responsibility. I just want to go back to my hut with it'll just be you and me. That's it. You know, it's like, I mean, he does go in and he says, oh, you know, my dad was terrible. He tried to eat me as a kid. So obviously I'm going to be a terrible dad, too. But it just doesn't feel like there's no movement forward and there's no main goal And he just feels Mm -hmm. like he's trying to shirk everything still.
2: And somebody's got different with the first film where it wasn't him like getting rid of responsibility. It was just him claiming what was his and getting that back. While this one was just, I don't want this. Yeah. So it's kind of off putting where it's incredibly, even more so, very selfish what he's trying to do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've hit that dead horse quite a bit. (laughs) And. (sighs) yeah you know they introduced a few new characters but
0: we got merlin who's just wonky oh oh my gosh like he's the only reason he literally the only reason merlin is there is to fill (laughs) potholes like we don't know how to move this plot forward and to maybe add one extra gag let's throw merlin in there but make him like you know, an old magic teacher that just is like went defunct. Yeah, and again, it's, it's with so weird. Shrek,
2: they're known for taking these fairy tales and spitting them on their head. And it wasn't really there was nothing really spun with 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 no. Arthur. You know, Arthur was a young kid and in that. And then, you know, Merlin. Merlin wasn't that different from even like the Disney version where he was kind of wonky and you know, not to- this he was totally weird in this <laughs> one, but yeah, it just it just wasn't fun as I was watching it. It was kind of a bummer. Um, you know, yeah. even, I, again, I've been trying to track the progression of Puss in Boots. This character that just became so iconic that he needed his own movie. And what was there in this film that made you want more Puss in Boots? He has a bigger role, obviously. And that he's now one of the gang that travels along with them. Uh-huh. But he didn't really have a moment. Like, the only moment I can think of is when they switch souls and bodies I guess and he tries to do his right. classic cat eyes but he's donkey that was a funny moment and he did laugh but yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean I just felt like there were too many storylines and I just didn't care so talking positive okay Let's the characters that. that I did love actually were the women so the ugly
2: stepsister I after we recorded I texted you and I was like I think we're still on the line, but we weren't recording anymore. I'm like, oh, no, I forgot to talk about the ugly stepsister. I am so (laughs) bummed. I love her. Yeah. She is hilarious. She's ironic. She's funny. Yeah. It's the ugly stepsister. And you look at her and she's not attractive. And she really has sort of drag queen features. Right. Right. Like she is. Not what you think of, right? But right. she's so perfect. And her voice is so perfect that I love <laughs> her King. so much. And I'm so glad that she came back and had a bigger role. And she did join the ladies for a bit, which I just love. And so then <laughs> that leads me to the next one, which were the princesses. So in the Trek 2, we kind of, as they're going down the boulevard of far, far away, it's like, oh, there's Rapunzel's tower and Cinderella's over there. You know, we see their different gates for their mini kingdoms, if you will. Yeah. And I thought that they were able to spin the characters of the princesses because when people think princesses, Disney has cornered the market, right. so they have to make them different. Yeah. But they made them similar but different enough that you you really got a kick out of it. Like my favorite by far was Amy Poehler as Snow White. I thought she was <laughs> so funny because she was such a freaking brat. Yeah, and I loved it. I loved how snotty rude and mean she was she was a mean girl yeah so loved it absolutely loved it and the sleeping beauty character was boring and did typically what you expect sleeping beauty to do and then rapunzel actually was funny ish that was a weird character too had a a bit of a turn
0: which was unexpected yeah well i didn't feel like they like i didn't feel like they uh, built that turn up enough so it was just weird. Because we didn't get to know her that well. Yeah, I was like, huh? I don't care. But okay. What did you think about the she power like scene where they all decide, Well, girls, now it's our time. What were your thoughts? And they go
2: lay down and wait to be yeah. rescued.
0: <laughs> that one I did I-, I did like that moment. I did. Uh but the way it was just like it turned around and Fiona was just like, no, now it's our we are gonna have to take care of ourselves. And I was just like Okay, that's kind of that's kind of like gag me tropey type thing, <laughs> like how mm-hmm, you're doing mm-hmm. this. Um, but then you like have Julie Andrews, the Queen, come back and she's like, "Oh, where did you get your fighting powers? You didn't get it from your father." And she's like, blowing headbutts into the wall, like, "What the?
2: So that was stupid. It yeah. was just it. I thought so too. Yes,
0: <laughs> it didn't make sense. I don't know. And at that point in time, so, I I like." I, I can see that they're kind of wrapping it up like they're, okay, we're moving forward. And I look at the time and I'm like, oh no, I still have 25 minutes left.
2: <laughs> yeah, so this is probably around the same point where I was looking at the clock and I thought, wow, people had to watch this film daily, in dailies. Oh my gosh. In animation. And, oh. and probably watch so many different versions of this film how did they think it was good? Yes. How were they okay with what this was? I don't know. Do you just get so sucked in your world that you just, like, love your ugly babies, I guess, essentially? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just can't see outside of it? I don't know. And I read that Andrew Adamson, he was, like, kind of an executive producer on the film. But he only was able to check in on the movie every four months because of what he was doing with Chronicles and Dardy. And I was like, <laughs> boy... I imagine four months goes by and he's like, what have we here? How has this happened? <laughs> what do I do now? It's like, what do you do? Yeah. I, how would you have fixed this? I don't know. I mean, because. No high school. No medieval high school. Cut it. It's yeah. dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if Fiona went all in. Yes. And embraced her duty. Yes. Right if she would have been stepping up and doing all these amazing things and Shrek was the one dragging his heels, not wanting to, and then it could have really put, it could put strain on their relationship Uh because she's doing what's dutiful and what, you know, her birthright is and what she's expected to do. Don't even bring Arthur into this. No,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, you could, but that's the main conflict is that she's stepping up and maybe he leaves and says, well, maybe if she knows that there's someone who can take her place, you know, she'll she'll do it. And so he leaves and kind of abandons her, leaving everything on her shoulders and has to go and find this guy. Not a medieval high school. Thank <laughs> you very much. Somehow finds him somewhere else. A normal castle. Right. <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like that would have added so much more to the characters and their relationship versus like, okay, we need to separate them and he's going to go off and find this guy.
0: Yeah, I just, I didn't feel like it was... I think that really is what it should have been. It really should have been mm-hmm. her story. It should have been a little, con- you know, maybe contention in there. Or maybe she did get pregnant right around there. And they didn't have to move into the castle right away or something. Like, there's, it just felt like she was, there was no addition by anyone else other than the main three trio. Which which is a shame because Fiona is such
2: a strong character. Yes, And she really stands out. For animation heroines, yes. So it's a shame that she's just been pushed aside to this role of lady in waiting.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's totally how it is. And I'm not generally the person that says I need more girl power. power. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I don't. I I don't like it when they create girl power movies for the sake of doing a girl power movie. I feel, for example, like the movie that I am in the
2: middle of watching right now, the new Charlie's Angels, which Charlie's Angels <laughs> has always been girl power. Right. But for some reason, this one feels like extra dose oh, no. of girl power. You know, <laughs> oh no, yeah. well, especially yeah.
0: Well, it's yeah. like why that's th- for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like why did I enjoy Wonder Woman so much? Because she didn't know she was girl power. She just was, and she was just she just was who she was. And everyone else just let her be. And they didn't question her because, you know, if you act confident, people you know, people expect to oh, – how does it go? There's a quote. People of integrity expect to be believed, and when they're not, they let time prove them right. There's that. And then there's also the quote that says uh, people treat you how you expect to be treated or how you allow them to treat you. And that is mm-hmm. really how it is. And so when you see movies where they – feel like they have to overcome this chip on their shoulder, it's just off-putting to me. Like, you're trying too much. You should just know who you are, and you should just step mm-hmm. forward and, and be a person of integrity and be, expect to be believed. And as opposed to just being like, well, I'll show you, and I'm going to put all the men in their place. Like, it's just like, what are you... Are you why? <laughs> there's There's right. no need to put somebody down in order to bring yourself up. And I feel like that is my main issue with like the girl power movies and going into this movie. I just felt like, like I just feel like they didn't really care about the, the script. <laughs> and that's really where it was. <laughs> so when it came down to, Oh, well, you know, who are our main heroes? It's going to be the, the, the trio. Cause those are the ones that we get to make, you know, the, you know, the McDonald's toys for uh, everybody loves donkey. Got to get put some boots right. in there. Everyone loves Shrek. And so instead they focus on that and like, Oh yeah, we'll add some kids into the mix. Why not? You know, it just felt like a McDonald's <laughs> like list of mm-hmm. what, what do we want in toys? Okay. Now make the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And so we kind
2: of wrap up with the one thing that stands out in my memory of this film, which is the big scene of the play. So everything <laughs> comes full circle. Oh, wait, One more but thing. But just on steroids.
0: One more thing. Where he said there's a moment where Shrek it basically tells Archie exactly what had happened and says, you know, I only added you, I only told you to come because I was looking for an idiot to come and take my place cuz I didn't want it. Like He literally tells him completely the truth and then he feels Mm -hmm. bad about it. But we don't feel bad for him because you told him the truth like that's you weren't hiding this and you're a bad person. You should feel bad. And then you see later where uh, Donkey and Donkey and Puss in Boots are like, oh, no, he only said that to save your life. What? Oh, he does love me. No, he said it because it was the truth. (laughs) Like it was just, yeah, it was weird. Like what? (laughs) So that was what really bothered me because I was like, no, (laughs) this is weird. So anyway, they end up having this, this play. Yeah. And
2: everything comes full circle. Shrek is the star of the play and he just upstages Mm -hmm. charming, which charming is not here for which really goes to show and kind of paints the picture that people either respect you or they don't and at this point people had come to respect shrek enough and we're not really sure on the the human he peasants their relationship with prince charming did they think he was one of them and they accepted him or was he just like a bad guy who had a failed attempt and so they're kind of suspicious of him i don't know but we can tell right away that they just start laughing at him. So they kind of perceive him as we, the audience perceives him, right. which is just this dope, dopish buffoon almost where he he's dastardly and he really puts a plan in action to get a lot done. But then he's just really goofy at times. Yeah. You know, we hear the slow-mo hair flip thing again, which it's just lost its steam. I mean, we keep going kind of back <laughs> to the same well, with these characters like he was so funny in the second film or in the second movie and he was a bad guy but not really he was kind of like a neutral character Uh if you will he was more just a a tool for the fairy godmother and so we left you know obviously feeling bad for him but not too sad you know and in this one you know the mom's dead so he has revenge and so he's definitely much more of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. But he's still has, he's like a Rasputin type villain now where we've just been given this goofy side of him that we can't really take him seriously. And obviously even the audience in the play can't take him seriously. So I struggled with him, you know, I was excited to see him back, but it just didn't quite work. He either needed to just drop the goofy facade With the hair flip and all of that, like just drop it. Like this is a new charming, Uh and it's he's not funny. He's not funny at all. He's not goofy. He's not gimmicky. And he's means business. And he would actually pose like a serious threat instead of working in a dinner theater where people don't pay attention (laughs) to him. And why don't they take me seriously? I I feel. I mean, it was funny once (laughs) but then it got old and stale so i feel like if they just would have committed to maybe more a sinister villain it would have made the stakes higher and we could have had a better resolution instead of just feeling so kind of off off about this film
0: then there's a part where archie comes up and he's basically gives his whole like what's your dream guys we need to insert rapunzel from the 2010 disney film I got a dream. <laughs> I got a dream. I mean, she would have totally fit. <laughs> right, 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 Go live your dream. I will. Not you. Your dream sucks. <laughs> I, But it did feel like that. I, I mean, I, I did like what he said as far as it. I agreed with out of all of the moments in this, that's the only moment that actually was a moment, a moment of truth of like you are standing in your own way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the world is what you make of it. And so, yeah, it was just It was just interesting. But at the end, I was like, I would be really ticked if I were Fiona because Shrek just gave away her birthright. And then that baby montage. So long.
2: Oof, Yeah.
0: Can I go back to the princesses real quick? Let's go back to the princesses.
2: So they were the highlight, really, because they were unique and fresh. Like, that's what we said. That's what makes Shrek exciting is that there's this spin that they take on the classic fairy tales, as you know it. Mm -hmm. And so they do this to the characters And then the kind of this girl power moment where it's this montage of them storming the castle. (laughs) And we have this scene right before that where Snow White is singing to the (laughs) birds and it's definitely inspired by Snow White's song for sure. Um, You, you can hear it and then they, you know, take just enough notes away to not have copyright and instead have it be parody. And it was funny but I'm like, again, we've done this before. That was Fiona's joke yeah. in the first film. She did that. She did nearly, she was pretending to be Snow White, essentially. She was doing the Snow White thing, singing the bird. But they flipped it on its head, or something you don't expect, where she sings so high, that the bird explodes. <laughs> and then she eats the eggs for breakfast oh, right right right. like they keep going with that <laughs> gag and it's hilarious it's a
0: good gag even now i'm laughing <laughs> it's good and then here it, they're
2: like well we have snow white she sings to animals so let's have her do it and it's like okay well we've seen this before what are you gonna do to make it fresh and so at the very end you know she kind of like turns the birds all on them and they go into the barracuda song and it just was a They they should have flipped Snow White on her head in that moment. Like they shouldn't have used the birds and animals. They should have done something else. I don't know. Yeah. Um. It's just another example of just missed opportunities with these fairy tale characters. They kind of went away from that. There were hardly any moments of fairy tale gags. I thought they just and I love those gags. Yeah. They are so so funny. And another thing that was a huge disappointment in this film was the soundtrack the music couldn't tell you one song other than barracuda but it was just like anytime music played i wasn't amped up or jazzed or excited i was like what's this it wasn't good and i'm really sad that i'm so negative on this film
0: i don't yeah we don't like being negative but at the same time i
2: i feel like like fans like fans like to hear i've always said this people who listen to podcasts if they're listening for something it's because they're typically a fan yes and They want to hear other people gush over what they love. And so it makes me sad as an animation fan to have to review this movie.
0: And I'm just not finding a lot of positives in it. Right. Which makes, I mean, it's hard because when I listen to it, I also just want to have fun with the people talking. Like I listen to people because I want to just laugh with them, you know? Um, And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of points where it's like generally when we do movies – we like to know that we're going to laugh <laughs> along with it, but I mean, we try even for movies like this where we're not totally fans. Like we try not to like hound on it, even though we yeah. we probably failed <laughs> miserably on this. But yeah, to go along with it, the the music of this, I was like, they were not that great songs, and like no, they didn't really go.
2: And, yeah, and to top it all off, you bring Justin Timberlake. Yes the head man of Sync himself. This whole time I'm like, okay, he's definitely going to have an end credit song. It's yeah. just in Timberlake. And you don't he doesn't have anything. There's no original number. There's nothing original I, I believe at all in this film as far as music goes. There's yeah, nothing original created, which isn't which isn't um, you know, occasionally they'll do that like the the Fairy Godmother song, yeah. you know they did. And Fiona's song in the first film, but for the most part it's it's just songs that you and i know and it's a great soundtrack to listen to but they didn't bring him back and i'm so confused and i'm looking at his filmography i'm like it was this one he was moving into like i'm an actor and i'm not a singer but no his the future sex love sounds album came out in 2006 this came out 2007 he was touring in 2007 so he was definitely actively promoting music at that time even though he was beginning also to move into more films I feel like if you're going to put Justin... What happened here? Yeah. If you're going to get <laughs> Justin Timberlake, who is known first and foremost and always will be as a singer. Yes.
0: yeah, Get him back on the <laughs> payroll and write him a darn song. <laughs> Let him write himself a song. Like, that... Look... That is
2: something. Dreamworks figured it out nine years later for Trolls when <laughs> right. they brought him back and he sang multiple songs. Yeah. And look what that did for them. Look what it did. Good things. So I'm not saying that a Justin Timberlake song could have saved this film... But it wouldn't have hurt Well,
0: yeah, I mean, if they would have changed the character to be a Justin Timberlake, then hunk, hunk, like why could yeah. yes, <laughs> but then he would have been
2: another love interest sort of character, which we we've we'd already established in the last film that she is not going to be swayed.
0: Thank goodness. Cause
2: she's married, Right, but <laughs>
0: right. No. And that's not the, like, that's not what I was really thinking, but it's like, you could have turned this into such a different thing. Like even like Justin Timberlake. Is where that... was Sir Justin from the second movie? Yes. Why
2: did it have
1: to be Artie? When,
0: just, just lean into it and bring Sir Justin back where he's a pop star. Right. Like, it would have been funny. It would have been hilarious. Um, and I think that he would have been able, like, he's a funny guy in general. And so if they would have let him just be Justin Timberlake and I don't know if he was trying to be like an actor, but I kind of, you know, when you when you start to like different characters and you start to like different like celebrities you kind of like them for their own reasons like for you have you feel like you have a little bit of a of a connection with that character that they play and so you kind of want to see it perpetuated in other ways and i get why some Mm -hmm. people wouldn't want that but i also feel like when the role sucks pull some of what you got in there like i mean i i think aladdin the new one with rob i'm sorry with uh will smith They could have leaned more into Willie, you know, they really could have leaned more into Will Smith for the genie, especially for the music. Like, they should have just had him rap. That would have been great. (laughs) Like, do Will. They kind of did with A Friend
2: Like Me. That is definitely a more rappy version. It is. Hip hop than the Robin
0: Williams one. Right. I just, you know. But yeah. I just feel like. When you when they when you have somebody who's as dynamic and engaging and just like that type of personality, just let them do their thing and don't make them be a whiny baby who's trying to like get out of high school.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Whew. I'm sorry, guys. I really am. <laughs> so let's turn this on, you guys. Okay. I polled the Facebook group, I polled our patrons, and I said, this was just as unoriginal as it gets. (laughs) I didn't want to bait the audience with, like, thumbs up or thumbs down or what you got. Yeah, I didn't want to give any perception that I didn't like this movie. So I just said, thoughts on Shrek 3? (laughs) Question mark? And oh boy, oh boy, it's only been an hour. And we already have so many questions. So I will read them. Oh, yes, please. Right. Ryan Campbell says, meh, it's not a bad movie. It's just kind of forgettable, especially after Shrek 2. That was one of the few perfect sequels. Unfortunately, the third couldn't continue the trend. Agree there. I gave that a like. I totally agree. Alex Beavis, the least remembered of the four. I think I have watched that one the least. Interesting. I have not seen four. So this makes me somewhat hopeful for the next one. Amy Freeland, she has a great comment. She says, I enjoy all of the Shrek movies, though I feel the quality declines with each installment. I love Shrek one, really like Shrek Two, like Shrek Three, Shrek Four is meh. I just rewatched all four of them about a month ago, and yet I find myself trying to recall the storylines of Shrek three and four <laughs> oh, baseball. That's bad. That is so bad. Fun enough while watching them, but immediate but ultimately forgettable. Yeah angelo thomas he i know is a big shrek fan uh-huh. i always see him posting about like what are we getting shrek 5 and he said the worst of the four but still not bad so not bad i mean i think they would have had totally different takes yeah. amy and angelo if they were on the podcast yeah. josella josella says i did like seeing the princesses team up and escape their prison cell that was my favorite part of the movie mm-hmm. rachel wagner our very own rotten tomatoes approved critic said i hated it i was really (laughs) mad leaving the theater and haven't seen it since i feel you girl Uh, yeah haven't seen it since man that's kind of crazy because i feel like rachel's seen a lot of movies and i'm in surprise she hasn't come back to that one good thing we didn't have rachel on this episode because then it would be just (laughs) a total negative fest rachel will bring you back on a better one yeah right Sol Carlo said, I love the scene. The princesses start fighting like Marvel characters, also, the innuendos are great. The rest is very much meh. There you have it, guys. Straight from the patron's mouth.
0: There we it go. It seems
2: like it's a meh.
0: <laughs> so another cool thing is you just said that Rachel is a Rotten Tomatoes approved. We just added another Rotten Tomatoes writer to our list. Gary Wright, who's been with one of the og like followers mm-hmm. and then turned into a contributor and is now a rotten tomatoes per- like that's so cool great. i'm so excited yeah. for him and, and for all of the the people who have been able to work with the site like that's just so cool <laughs> i'm mm-hmm. so proud i'm like i like like oh yay <laughs>
2: Chelsea, I feel like you are de- delaying the inevitable. It is now time.
0: Oh. <laughs> what would you oh, rate it? Two stars. It wasn't as bad as one star, but the fact that I was like, oh, come on now. Um, they, I just felt like there was a lot that didn't make sense from the very beginning, and I I just didn't get a lot out of it. So, two stars. <laughs>
2: I'm hovering between two and two and a half, but I'm just going to give it two. I feel that it was really unmemorable. And I think even after this, all I remember from this film is that big. That there's a big play at the end (laughs) and Dustin Timberlake's in it. I think over the years, I'll forget all this stuff about Fiona and the girl power and the princesses, even though they... That is the highlight. The princesses by far seem to be a little shining star in this. There's so much more they could have done with them. But yeah, just a huge missed opportunity all around for the character of Fiona. Mm -hmm. I feel like they really went off in the wrong direction with Shrek. They skipped over the mom. They skipped over Fiona. Really made them seem like secondary characters when this should have been... Fiona's movie. Yeah. I liked in the second one that we really do get to see the two sides of what's going on in Fiona's life and the struggle that she's having being back. You know, she's again, it's the duty thing. Right. I guess like maybe we've seen that before, but this could have been a totally different take on it. Um and Shrek again. I don't know, how many times can you go back to that well, I don't know, <laughs> but it it just didn't work in this iteration and I really miss the fairy tale gags. They needed just more one of those quick witty one-lighters. And this movie did not do it for me, and I'm really bummed that I didn't like it. So two stars.
0: Wah, wah. From, from
2: what everyone <laughs> says, the fourth one is better, but not as good as the first two. So I will. I've never seen it. And I'll have to wait until I do.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I I do appreciate. I I like knowing that it gets better, because <laughs> that would just be sad. Like, oh, but. Every, I did oh I do have a positive thing to say. I felt like the uh skin mapping was a lot better on this one and I was watching on different parts where they get, do close-ups of skin and I was like they did a yeah. good job. Like you know, <laughs> looking at 2007, I mean it's not it's not that far away, but it is still af- like pretty far after the originals came out and so you just kind of see the the progression. You're like, "Good job, guys. You improved." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
2: All right. Let us know what you thought. Go to rotoscopers.com 184. Let us know in the comments. We are eager to hear your reviews. Every time I look at you, you always look so beautiful. Driving on the road again, the chef is back and
1: it is nice, And I will take some photographs so I can dream.
2: So much for joining us for this episode of the Animation Addicts Podcast. It was fun to do Shrek back to back, though I cannot promise we will be heading back to the Shrek well anytime soon. We still are waiting on what the status of Mason is. I'm not even going to just promise anything (laughs) at this point, but. But you got So, us. Chelsea, I guess it's up to us to pick a movie to review. Do you want to go back to Shrek 4 no. while we're at <laughs> I it? I don't. <laughs> Bang these all out?
0: I don't. Or do you
2: need a breather? Okay. And let's do something else.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do something else. Um, what should we do? Where's movie the ideas? list?
2: Klaus into the Spider-Verse. We've done that short A Future Dog series. I've written to quite a few of these. <laughs> um, Charlotte's Web.
0: Oh the original are we talking about the original yeah. oh i, w- I wouldn't I would mind you know, doing you know. that one
2: let's do that let's like kick it like way different studio i grew up on that i movie. did okay, too so. okay so our next episode if mason is not back <laughs> <laughs> is going to be charlotte's web yes you heard us right the charlotte's web from i
0: believe the 70s yeah it's that is the one forever i go but I, I mean, I just have a couple songs in my head from that that I'm like, oh, terrific, terrific, terrific. Yes, that one. Also, that the the fair is a veritable sporkish sport, sport, sport. <laughs> <more short. laughs> oh no! After the
2: tapsies. I'm excited. Oh wow, yeah, this is gonna be a good one. Yeah, this. I feel like this is one that we grew up watching as youngsters, and so. As a result, Nostalgia Goggles are on, yes. which typically Nostalgia Goggles means positive viewing experience. Yeah. So I'm excited because, you know, we've done a lot of the bigger studios recently, and so now it's time to go to the smaller school like, we and haven't... check out what they have to offer. Yeah,
0: we haven't done anything like,
2: super independent. Oh, oh, yes.
0: We haven't done something that independent and even that just nostalgic, you know, since... Like l- before we went on hiatus, <laughs> so yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think like um Watership Down is kind uh, of in that yes. caliber. Yes,
0: it's ba- it's the exact same type of of yeah, animation, same era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I should cool. watch that movie. Yeah, again. this is from
2: night 1973. I'm excited. This is going to be awesome. So make sure to send in your voicemails, rotoscopers.com slash voicemails, or of course, we live in the modern times. You can just send us a voice memo on your phone send an email to contact at rotoscopers.com. Make sure to have your subject line, say voicemail, and then the episode or what movie you're sending a voicemail for. And we appreciate it. So be get ready. Now, of course, always in our hopper, we have toy story four. <laughs> so make sure you've caught up on that. And we will be doing our sailor moon rewatch at in the near future. I still need to start. Me too. Maybe I'll start that tonight, but then I want to start into the unknown, the making of frozen too. So I'm torn. But there are 43 episodes of Sailor Moon, so I need to get on that (laughs) sooner rather than later. But that will be a fun time. Be sure for all the show notes, all the links, everything that we talked about in this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash 184. So Chelsea and I actually are going to be watching Into the Unknown, and we will be releasing our hot takes on that and all of our thoughts as a patron-exclusive episode. So if you want to hear us review a making of behind the scenes <laughs> series. Oh, how meta
0: <laughs> can you get? This is like
2: <laughs> no, this is like I actually the I I'm a Twihard and, oh. you know, re-sparked my Twilight passion. Yes. And so I was looking to see if there's any Twilight podcasts. And one that I was listening to, it's not good. Oh. I do not recommend. It's like, just because podca- anyone can podcast right. does not mean anyone should <laughs> podcast. So, But I was looking at their list, and they are doing a commentary on the New Moon commentary. <laughs> 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 Which actually makes sense because if you know anything about Twilight, you know that the commentaries are actually ridiculously epic because Robert Pattinson <laughs> yes. and Kristen Stewart they like they basically it. make fun of it the whole yes. time. It's really <laughs> funny. So, yeah, so this is kind of in that same vein where we're reviewing not a commentary but we will be reviewing the making that of series right. and making of and giving all of our thoughts so if you're interested, go to rotoscopers.com slash patron to sign up to get that exclusive episode. And with that, you know where to find us. I'm at Morgan Straddling everywhere. Chelsea is at Chelsea Robson everywhere. Be sure to tag us when you're listening to this episode. And that's all I have for now. Until next time, we are the welcome welcome we're your horse horses um (laughs) no (laughs) start this again
0: i love horses
2: i think when we were talking about what movie were we talking about and it was only um wait hold on rewind what movies have we done recently shrek 2 was the one right before that uh
0: um podcast every episode ever let's see What it movie was, did we talk
2: about? It was only like fifty million was the budget. We were like,
0: "Whoa!" We had Spider Man. We had Princess on the Popper. Well, pa- Princess on the Popper was like nothing. Was it Shrek Two? Maybe Shrek Two, um, Trolls, World War. Oh, World War, world, <laughs> world, world War Trolls. <laughs> I don't
2: know. I'm just series, because, yeah, I just Tangled the series,
0: Chris on Little Mermaid. I, I 2, can't think
2: of anything the that we would have onward had a fifty million dollar budget. Definitely not. Barbie as the Princess <laughs> and the Popper. <laughs> oh, okay, man. Scritch, scratch that. <laughs> Let's go back. It surpassed Shrek 2, which had done phenomenal for Pixar. Or- <laughs> but then it was just the one off gags. Try- Hold on. Siri's talking to me. <laughs> um, Quiet you.
0: Quiet you. I haven't left my house more than to go to Walmart in like a while. So, <laughs> I've I've been watching a lot. I've been reading a lot. I've been watching a lot of videos and YouTube things. And as I I mentioned, I started going through the book Wild Swans again. Yes, that one is awesome it's book. an awesome book. Um, yeah. So I've I feel like I've, I'm I'm good, but at the same time, I look outside. I'm like. Is there a world outside my house? <laughs> I don't know. It's all an illusion. It's all an illusion. Oh man. This is one one more tangent time. Uh <laughs> video. Um You said you were a Twihard like you were ashamed of it. Morgan, no.
2: I'm not ashamed. <laughs> if The amount of times that I text Chelsea <laughs> every day about my different things that I'm – this sounds weird. That <laughs> <laughs> you're digging into? Yeah, that I'm looking up about Twilight or, or rediscovering about Twilight. Like my inner Twihard has been awakened <laughs> with this midnight sun announcement. Yes. I reread all of the books. There's six books technically. I've reread all of those. And I'm, I rewatched all the films. I've gone back and probably watched every single Kristen Stewart episode interview on YouTube. (laughs) Uh, I've gone down a Kristen Stewart rabbit hole. Yeah. So that is my new obsession. That's actually probably why I haven't watched Into the Unknown yet. Because (laughs) I'm like really into Twilight now. And the great thing about Twilight is that People loved Twilight in the late 2000s, 2005 to about 2008, before the movies came out. then as soon as the movies came out, it propelled it to just even greater heights than it had before. And then came the hate. Because the movie, the characters are very interesting in the books. You know, like Bella is supposed to be literally the most ordinary person in the world, yet she's so important to Edward. And that's the whole point. Like, she can't see that. And it doesn't make sense why he sees so much in her. But like they're connected, they're soulmates, and so Kristen Stewart really does a great job in portraying <laughs> this pretty boring character with like weird mannerisms and like super funky. And people just say she's a bad actress, and you know you can send me all the hate mail you want, guys. But like it was very popular at the time, from like 2008 to 2015 ish, I yes. guess, to hate on Twilight. Like it was the thing. Right. Like the writing sucks. It's a, it's a YA novel okay it's a YA novel and just accept it for what if it you're is gonna hate and on something, I just feel like
0: try, change the channel
2: <laughs> right I guess that's what we should have done for this episode But oh, no. <laughs> um <laughs> but there has been a twilight renaissance recently where I feel like there's been enough time removed from the last movie that came out in 2012 that people kind of like dust you know they put their twilight obsession away and now within the past few years people are dusting it off again and it's now cool to like twilight like unironically like twilight now and i feel so many people are just more open about it because the haters have gone away they've moved on to other things and now we can like just be ourselves again and be like yeah i like twilight so (laughs) there you go guys yes yes I like Twilight and I got Chelsea into Twilight. She did. Yes. <laughs> I,
0: as, as you know, with most of the things that I get into, they generally start with Morgan <laughs> shoving it in my face. As you said on our tanking yes.
2: episode, saying uh, like
0: uh, this, watch this. Watch this. You're gonna <laughs> like it. Okay. Read it. <laughs> you're right. I I, and I, and
2: I was the worst friend, not, <laughs> uh, not knowingly, but I give you this book right as you're heading on a plane to go to China. Right. And you get addicted and you spend like one of your whole days in Hong (laughs) Kong looking for the new moon book in a bookstore and you find some like contraband copy somewhere. Right? Like it's like a knockoff copy that like actually is the book, but not by the publisher. And, um, and it's like a yeah. totally
0: different size than everybody else's book. And so, yeah, it's completely different, <laughs> but it's the same yep. book. Yeah. It's just, I mean, maybe,
2: maybe it's not like a, maybe it's just like the Hong Kong imprint, right. you know, where they have different, <laughs> like every
0: country. Yeah, has their we'll own. go with that. Sure. We'll go with it's that. China. <laughs> what do you expect it to be? But yeah, no, I, I, it was, I just remember that the first, it was an 18 hour flight. So I read the entire book on the flight and then I, yeah, I did spend the whole day looking for number two because I was like, I am obsessed. And then I, I like fly into this place where there's a hurricane coming in or a typhoon. I, I just remember I flew into to, to Hong Kong. There was a typhoon, and so I was like, it's like I'm in Forks. <laughs> Everything is so cloudy and rainy. It was just <laughs> funny. Oh, good times. Yeah. So, and good times have always been had with Twilight. So if you like twilight and you would like to uh get a fix on that just message us and we will we'll... become a patron <laughs> yes.
2: and we can talk about our twilight obsession all we want in the facebook group and it'll be great they will i will start twi- it, i'm sure <laughs> i will start a twilight thread after this episode comes out uh the day after so on wednesday i'll do twilight obsession fangirl and boy thread <laughs> um and everyone can go crazy we'll see maybe it might just meet me and you chelsea i hope there's other twi hearts in the group as well if they but... happen
0: to be there yeah
2: and if yep. you want to talk about <laughs> the crown or
0: victoria i'm also up for that <laughs> yes yes great things good things okay <laughs> okay guys Bye-bye. Bye bye. bye